All right, so this is week three of our series, Holiday Survival Guide, and uh, very fun, very practical, very you know, real, honest, real-world stuff taking place in all of our families, especially during this holiday season. And we're looking to the Bible, we're looking to God's Word uh, to get some uh, help in terms of how we navigate the complexities of this season. Because the reality is, unless you have a perfect family with a perfect life, uh, you need something like this. You and I need a, a, a holiday survival guide that will allow us to be at our best so that we can thoroughly enjoy the season that's coming from Thanksgiving through Christmas through the New Year's and, uh, and really have a great time to make it the best it could possibly be. And of course, in all this, we're looking to God's Word. We're looking to the truth in the Bible because the Bible always does two things. The Bible first shapes what we think about God. The Bible shapes what we think about God. Cover to cover, Old Testament, New Testament, the Bible shapes what we think about God, and that really does something inside of us. It does something in our relationship with God. Uh, even the last song we did, right? Talking to Jesus, that's, a, that's, that's theology. That's the Bible teaching us that there's access to God by grace. There's nothing between God and us. We can just talk to Jesus. There is no barrier, right? But what the Bible also does is it shapes how we live our lives. On the basis of what we learn about God, it does something in us. So God's love, God's grace, God's kindness can then be active in how we treat other people and generally shape our lives and shape the lives of people around us. And that is very, very true when it comes to the holiday season because the reality is, again, unless your family is perfect and everything's going well in your life, we need some help. We need some help from God's Word. Now, as you approach Thanksgiving this Thursday, and you look forward to Christmas, and you look forward to New Year's, and all these events that are gonna happen with family and friends, there are gonna be complexities. There are going to be complications. There are going to be disconnects. There are going to be fights. There are going to be problems. There's going to be arguments. There's gonna be reasons to say I'm sorry, and there's gonna be reasons to forgive other people. This is gonna be a wonderful season, I hope for you, but it is not going to go flawlessly because there are different kind of people when it comes to holidays. You get a bunch of people packed together, some of which you don't see very often, those personalities are gonna collide. Um, you, know, you know, those tendencies are, are gonna create some disconnects there. So I've got a little bit of a list of different kinds of people that might show up to your house or your family member's house, Thanksgiving or Christmas. You might be one of these people. So just kinda pay attention here. First, there are the people pleasers. The people pleasers. Anybody here a people pleaser? Um, you want to make sure everybody else is having a good time, and you're very worried about that. Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? Right? There are the people pleasers. Then there are the politicians, always looking for a stump speech at Thanksgiving. They're going to talk about their political views, and they're going to talk about political candidates, and they can't help themselves. Right? There's the politician. Then there are the commentators, those who have to judge like every little thing. From the time they get into the house, oh, you put up that decoration? And they might little clean a little something on the counter because they're just making a point. Hey, this is dirty, right? They're always making comments on the food. There are what I call the punishers. They're always throwing out little digs. They can't help themselves. They're just throwing out little digs, little barbs that you feel. Like, I think I just got attacked by that person. He's punishing everybody in the room. Then there are uh, what we call the generals, those who have to make sure everything's in order. Oh, why don't you sit here and why don't you sit here? And we've got one in our big extended family. And that's like... I, I said, I could find my own seat. <laughs> that created family chaos for years, just that. So there's the general. There are the defiant. 
They just don't want to be there, and they're letting everybody know that they just don't want to be there. Sometimes those are teenagers, but I'm not stereotyping. Then there are the distant, those who don't really want to be there, but they find some corner of the room to kind of hide, right? It may be loud, it may be chaotic, there may be a lot of people there they don't know, and so they just kind of put themselves in a corner. I'll be honest, I tend to do that. It's not intentional. I don't say I got to get away from this chaos, but sometimes I just find myself kind of sliding to a corner, and in one particular house we go to, there's this rocking chair that I love, and I just find myself in that rocking chair way too early, and then they have to say, hey, Treadway, this is a holiday, you know, whatever, can you talk to us? And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that, I promise. Uh, Then there are the uh, peacemakers, the ones who are really sensitive where there are disconnects to try to step in there and break people up and break up the controversy, right? Make everything okay. And then our favorite are the uh, heavy drinkers. (laughs) And you know who they are. You just know they're gonna have too much to drink and you just know, like clockwork, okay, an hour and a half from now, this person's gonna tip and then we're all gonna have a problem. So every family has kind of weird dynamics. Every family has weird history and you put all these people together a couple times a year during the holidays and we need some help. Add to all that logistics of managing multiple households. Some people have two households, right? This household and the in-laws household. Some of you have three, four, five, six, 12 different households you have to kind of manage during the holidays. And all the you know, travel arrangements that have to go along with that. Is everybody gonna be there? Is everybody gonna be there on time? Is the food gonna be okay? And will everybody be happy? And the answer is what? No, not everybody will be happy. So we need to look to God's word. We need to look to the Bible to say, all right, what can we do to make the most, not just out of the holidays, but to make the most out of life and relationships? And a great place to look is the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, honestly, uh, doesn't have a lot in terms of theology and doctrine. That's not why it was written. The book of Proverbs was written, inspired by the Spirit of God, to ensure we have a better life a life of wisdom, a life of good choices, good decisions, whether it's the holidays or not, the book of Proverbs can be a survival guide, right? For how not to just survive, but to thrive in life and relationships. So let's look at at the introduction of the book of Proverbs, chapter one, verses five through six. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser, all right? So you wanna be wise, you wanna be wiser, then let's pay attention to these Proverbs. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So there's all kinds of good stuff in the book of Proverbs. Some of it's fairly easy to understand. We get it, we can see the wisdom and apply that wisdom. Some of it is in kind of riddle form and we're trying to figure out what's underneath there. It's pretty profound, it might be a little veiled. But to look into the Bible, to look in the book of Proverbs and say, all right, I wanna thrive in this life Here's where I get the wisdom. Two weeks ago, Pastor Steve talked about uh, the first tool in the toolkit from the book of Proverbs, make a plan to thrive during the holiday season. Proverbs talked about making wise plans. And Steve had several things that we could do, very practical things that we could do, not just survive, but thrive during the holidays. Last week, Pastor Carissa talked about what to do when tensions rise, and they will rise. When they rise in your family, when they rise in your family during the holidays, how can we respond? How can we give grace? How can we be kind? How can we give each other a break? How can we manage conflicts? And as she closed last week, how can we allow for do-overs? How can we allow for do-overs? Today's proverb is this, lower your expectations. When it comes to the holiday season, lower your expectations. 
This is one of my favorite lines because I think it is one of uh, the most helpful things anybody could ever take in and apply to their lives. This is for sure the top three things I said to my kids growing up. As they get all excited about whatever's coming and their expectations go through the roof, I've told them since they were very young, you might wanna lower your expectations a little bit. Then they would harass me for saying that. And I get harassed for saying this, lower your expectations. Now they're adults. And they said, uh, you know, uh, that was among the most helpful things we could ever hear. Lower our expectations. Now some of you will not like this. Because some of you wanna be optimists, and I love optimism. I love optimists. And we might think, well, optimism means expecting things are gonna work out well. That is not optimism. We'll talk about the difference. Optimism is not expecting things to go well. Optimism is, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> Making the best out of whatever comes. But it's hard to lower our expectations during the holidays. Because we get you know, kind of amped up for the holidays. At least most people do, right? The temperature starts to dip, you know, deep into the 90s around here in Southern California. Uh, chill is in the air, decorations start going up, some holiday music starts to play, right? And I remember it was about six, maybe eight weeks ago, my 15-year-old daughter says, I'm so up for Christmas. This was like September. We went to the beach, and then she says, she's all up for Christmas. And so, you know, there's this anticipation. Let's get out of summer days. Let's get to cooler weather. Let's get to the holidays. Decorations are up, music fills the malls, right? And uh, good things start to happen, good feelings, good vibes. Black Friday now hits eight weeks before the actual Black Friday. Are you tired of those Black Friday emails that I started getting truly in October, which I clicked on and bought something because I'm that person? So the holidays are, are so full of anticipation, it's hard to lower our expectations. You guys like the Christmas Story movie? Right, with Ralphie, Christmas Story movie? We had a tradition that ended last year uh, that we watched this movie every single year. Every single year, we gathered the kids, watched the movie. I couldn't take it anymore. I'm like, all right, I gotta be done. I did not participate. I boycotted the movie and they watched it without me. I just couldn't take one more movie. I watched Spirited, we watched Spirited. So watched that again a couple days ago. Anyway, you have your holiday movies, right? But this one is all about expectations. A Christmas Story is all about expectations. Ralphie expects what? He expects a Red Ryder rifle. The entire movie is about these high expectations of the Red Ryder rifle. But it's also about the expectations of his mom. Ralphie's mom wanted everything to be perfect, everything to be just right, and nothing ever worked out for mom. Nothing, right? She couldn't even sit down to have a, a single meal. And it's also about the expectations of dad, right? That everything's gonna be functioning in his house, and he just wanted that turkey and just when he's about to taste the turkey, the neighbor's dogs come in and completely decimate the whole thing. The whole movie is about expectations that aren't met and the feeling of disappointment that comes along with unmet expectations. Lower expectations. And some of you might say, well, lowering expectations is a buzzkill. It's a total buzzkill, right? We're all excited about the holidays. You're telling us to lower our expectations. That sounds kind of negative. It sounds kind of depressing. Let me put this on the table right now. Lowering expectations does not mean we replace high expectations with low expectations. We're not replacing, oh, everything's gonna work out with everything's gonna be terrible. That's not what we're talking about. So we're not talking about a buzzkill. Some of you might also think, well, lowering expectations will make us stop trying. If we don't accept, expect things to work out, then maybe we just won't try to make everything work out, and that's not what we're talking about either. So let's take a look at the proverb. 
very, very short. Proverbs 13, 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's the bit of wisdom here this morning. That's tool number three in the toolkit from Proverbs. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope here in the book of Proverbs means high expectations. We expect things to work out. We expect things to go as planned. We expect things to go very well. When that's deferred, in other words, when that doesn't happen, when our high hopes don't happen, our heart gets sick. And this is disappointment. And disappointment can result in sadness, and sadness can be even chronic. When we expect things to work out, when we expect relationships to work out, when we expect circumstances to work out, when we expect things to go well, as planned, on target, and they don't happen, which inevitably they don't very often, we start to get down. We start to get disappointed. We start to get sad. And I'm telling you, there's nothing quite like that disappointment and nothing quite like that sadness during the holidays. We might envision, oh, everybody's gonna get together and, and then not everybody can get together. When we all get together, it's gonna be great and we're gonna chat and share stories and catch up, but then this, these people start fighting and this thing starts happening, that person's yelling and the turkey's burnt. I mean, right? There's nothing like disappointment when our expectations don't work out during the holidays. There's been a lot of work on the power of expectations in the field of psychology and other places, but Dr. Justin Archo says this about high expectations. He says, sometimes they need to be lower. Sometimes adjusting expectations is the best way to cope with disappointment. If an expectation is rigid or inflexible or doesn't line up with reality, it's easier to feel disappointed. And he goes on to talk about kind of stacking disappointments when we have stacking high expectations that aren't met, then a sadness sets in, right? So he says these expectations should be adjusted. They should not be rigid. I'll give you an example that a lot of us, I think, can relate to. Let's just assume every parent in here was a straight-A student, right? You're, you did well in school, and you expect your kids to do well in school. And so you put that expectation on your kids. Hey, listen, you try hard, you're gonna get A's, right? We expect you to get A's. If you get anything less than an A, there could be some consequence. Now, it could be that little Johnny tries, and as he, get older, as he gets older, has a harder and harder time getting A's. There are two things to do here. There are two options. Option one is you keep slamming Johnny with the expectations for A's. And Johnny's trying and trying and trying, but the subjects get harder, and he can't make the A's. But you keep, you keep pushing this on Johnny. What's gonna happen to that relationship? When those expectations aren't met, your relationship with Johnny's gonna go south, right? It's not gonna go well. So maybe we adjust the expectations. I've got four kids and sometimes those have, have had to be adjusted because hey, every kid is different. So maybe the expectations don't need to be so rigid, right? Adjusting expectations can be the key to happiness in relationships. They can be the key to a happy holiday, right? Adjust those expectations. If someone hasn't shown up recently to a holiday, don't expect them to show up. Adjust the expectations. If you haven't had a peaceful holiday in a very long time because people are kind of fighting and bickering, just know that's coming on Thursday. Adjust the expectations. I'm telling you, it means the world. It means the world. I'll give you a little example. Uh, we traveled to San Luis Obispo last uh, weekend, right? And, uh, you know, we got ready about 11 a.m. to leave and uh, hoping that that's a decent time to avoid the morning traffic and maybe late traffic, uh, I mean, who knows? So we looked at Waze and Waze said, 
it's gonna take you four hours and 55 minutes to get to San Luis Obispo. That's what Waze said. So we're doing the math, leaving about 11, okay, we should get there about, you know, whatever, you know, 355, is that the 455? And um, uh, 355, and uh, that was the plan, right? And so we started talking about arriving in San Luis Obispo at 355, and I kind of stopped us, and I said, hey, listen, that ain't gonna happen. Lowering the expectations. We live in Southern California. If it says we're getting there at 455 now, I guarantee you we're not getting there any, anywhere near four hour and 55 minute drive. It's not going to happen. And so we talked about that and said, okay, we'll just enjoy the drive. Whatever happens, happens. It was a seven hour drive. And Waze rerouted us no fewer than 12 times because it's Southern California, gnarly traffic. And you know what? We enjoyed every minute of the seven hour drive. Not one time were we bummed out. Not one time were our expectations dashed. We know we weren't gonna have dinner in San Luis Obispo, so we had dinner at a, some gas station, right? But all what we had hoped for at 11 a.m., we just decided to dash those expectations before we even left the house and were stuck in the gridlock of Southern California. Nobody got mad, nobody got disappointed, nobody got frustrated. Really, it made for a much more pleasant seven-hour drive than it would have if we expected the four-hour, 55-minute version of that drive, right? My uh, wife is experiencing some holiday disappointment as we speak. She's outside in the women's dessert ticket booth, but I'm just telling you she's in a tough spot because for the first time in 500 years, her lineage is not getting a live Christmas tree this Christmas. Uh, her lineage, the entire Allen family tree will be rolling in their grave because we are getting for the first time ever an artificial tree, and here's why. I know for some of you it's like heresy and you are leaving the church. I get it, I totally get it. That's a good reason among many. But we've had big trees and my wife has high expectations for Christmas trees. They have to be as tall as we can fit in the house, as tall as the ceiling, and they've gotta be fat. She has a demand, fat tree, no skinny tree, fat tree. So we scour the valley every year looking for the fattest tree that can fit right under our ceiling. And, uh, and we succeed most years and it's, and it's pretty good, but we've noticed a little trend every December. Uh, my daughter starts to get congested, pretty badly congested in December. And there's all kinds of stuff and sore throats and then of course, you know, she uh, has to stay home from school all of December, right? She tries. Um, but she gets congested every December and so we, we have realized that it's probably because she's allergic to live trees. We don't know that to be a fact, we'll see this December because we're getting an artificial tree. I wanna be clear about something. I have been allergic to live Christmas trees my entire life, and I'm a mess every Christmas. Does my wife go to artificial tree because of her husband? No, no, no. But little precious gets a sniffle, and we're betraying 500 years of Allen heritage. So we got our artificial tree. I wanna show it to you. This is the entry of our house. It's not the entry to our house. I'm not a televangelist. Um, this is the actual artificial tree that we purchased. That's, that's it right there. It's in our entryway. We're just gonna put presents around the cardboard box and we're gonna go from there. So when it comes to adjusting expectations, it's really not about being negative. It's just about saying, okay, the circumstances are different and so let's just kind of adjust, right? It basically means this. Just don't expect things are always going to work as you hoped. And that will make life a lot better. There was a, a very comprehensive survey, uh, a study actually, uh, a psychology study, and this was uh, detailed uh, in Psychology Today this last January, 
And it kind of, uh, it, 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 it studied how people perceive about a, perceive a movie based on their expectations of the movie. I won't get into the details, but here's the idea. Here's the conclusion. Lowering expectations dramatically improved the emotional response if something didn't turn out well, and also dramatically improved the emotional response if something did turn out well. Here's how this goes. If your expectations were up here and it doesn't quite work, you're gonna be disappointed. But if it does work, you'll go, oh yeah, well that was the plan, right? So you're disappointed if it doesn't work and you're eh, ambivalent if it does. But if we lower our expectations and just kind of put them in a reasonable spot here and we expect things to be you know, different than planned, then when things don't work out, you're ready for it. But when they do work out, it's bonus, right? It's bonus. So you can handle more of the disappointments and you can celebrate more when things work out very, very well. Lowering our expectations according to God's word and according to Proverbs and according to the research makes it very clear, lowering our expectations is key. And again, we're not talking about clinging to an expectation up here or clinging to something down here. It's all gonna be terrible, no. Adjusting our expectations means holding life right here. Not high expectations, not low expectations being negative. Nobody likes to be around a negative person. But right here, right here, whatever happens, happens. Not with a closed fist of expectations, but whatever happens, happens. And I'm gonna enjoy the moment. I'm gonna put this in uh, athletic terms. For those of you who are sports people, I'm looking around, I've never seen a more athletic fit group in my life, and so here we go. If you're a coach with any kind of experience, would you ever tell your team you're the best, we're gonna go undefeated, no one's gonna to touch us this year. Would you ever tell that to your team? Thank you for saying so. No, you would never do that. You would never do that. No coach would say to the team, you're the best, we're gonna go undefeated, we're gonna win league, we're gonna win championship. You would never say that, why? Because you know setting those expectations too high might result in them not putting in their best effort and worse yet, when they inevitably lose that first game, they are gonna be destroyed. Because you identified them as the best, now they're identified as uh, losers, right? A coach would never give their team high expectations. A good coach wouldn't do that. So let's flip the script. And let's say, okay, well the coach says, well I'm not gonna give them the high expectation that they're gonna go undefeated and they're the best who ever walked the face of the earth. Let's reverse that and say, you guys are terrible. You are awful. You are the worst team in the Valley. We're gonna lose every single game. And that's gonna motivate them to get better, right? What's the answer? No, wrong, it's not gonna do that. And so any good coach, any experienced coach would neither set the expectations too high nor set the expectations too low. What they would say is what every single coach says at every single press conference that has ever been in the history of humankind. And the coach would say, we just need to get better. Right? You don't need to watch a single press conference from a single coach the rest of your life because this is the only thing they ever say. If they win the game, they say, yeah, there's some things we gotta work on, tighten up for next week, we gotta get better. If they lose a game, every coach and every good player would say, yeah, there's some things we do to have to get better. That's all they say, right? I just made you all class A coaches because expectations are killers. Super high expectations are killers when there's disappointment. Super low expectations are demotivating, right? Let's hold it right here. Whatever happens, happens, and I'm going to get better. 
And that is exactly what Jesus said. In the Sermon on the Mount, probably the most famous line of the most famous sermon from Jesus, he says this, we just need to get better. Do to others what you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Jesus says, you're welcome. I just summed up the entire Bible. I just summed up the entire word of God. I just summed up the entire heart of God. In this teaching, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Jesus was saying, just be responsible for yourself. He didn't say do unto others what they did to you. That's retaliation. He didn't say do to others what you think they will do to you. He said do to others what you would like them to do to you. In other words, don't worry about what they did to you. Don't worry about what they might do to you. Just worry about yourself. Do to others what you want them to do to you. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, don't have high expectations of what other people are going to do to you. Don't have low expectations about what other people are going to do to you. Just have high expectations of yourself. I'm going to get better and I'm going to do my best. Lower our expectations of others and focus on being our best. Do unto others what you would have them do to you. And this isn't always easy. Last Easter, I did not do well in this. The last holiday we had, got a bunch of family together and we've got a pretty complex family. Lots of disconnects, lots of sorries and forgivenesses and that's not the plural of forgiveness, help me out with that. Forgive eyes. There's lots of things that our family has to navigate. Complex, kind of dysfunctional family. So Easter comes, like every holiday comes, and there's a lot of kind of, you know, girding up that we have to do. All right, well, this person's coming, this person's coming, and probably this is gonna be said, and that's gonna be said, and how are, we, how are we going to deal with that, right? Lots of kind of getting ready. And so, like with every holiday season, got ready. And honestly, I, I think this lower expectation thing, and I think kind of this idea that I'm gonna do my best in, in any relationship, as complex as it is, I consider myself pretty good at that, I work pretty hard at that, so Easter, I was navigating one relationship pretty well because it got, it got gnarly, it got bad, as bad as it probably ever has, and I was navigating it well, right? But then this other thing hit me sideways. It's like, bam, I wasn't ready for that. And I wasn't geared up for that. And I'm sparing details to protect the innocent. <laughs> and uh, this hit me sideways. And I was so kind of exhausted of navigating this, hopefully well, that I snapped on this. And when I snap, I don't yell, never yell, when I snap, I don't swear too much. No, I don't swear. But I use my words to bite, and I bit. I did not do my best. I was navigating this thing over here and thinking I was doing well, but I was not ready for the bigger picture. And when something else went sideways, I did not do well. I didn't give my best. And there's some healing that you know, had to take place, and we're getting together again this holiday season, and we're good, you know, lots of pre-work <laughs> right on this deal over here to make sure that this is the best it could possibly be. So I know what it's like for other people not to be at their best, and I know what it's like for me to not be at my best. And thank God for his grace, right? Thank God that by God's grace, we have second chances and third chances. And thank God, as he, Evan said earlier, when we break the lamp, God says, I'm the lamp fixer. This isn't gonna break our relationship with us. And by my grace, this isn't gonna break your relationship with your family. Even if it's complicated, there can be 
healing. There can be healing. Lower our expectations of others and focus on being our best. And finally, and we'll leave, lower our expectations of the future and focus on the now. Lower our expectations of others and focus on being our best. Lower our expectations of the future and focus on the now. Jesus taught about this again in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, don't worry about everyday life. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And this was a time 2,000 years ago in Israel that was very complex, as it is now in Israel, very complex, very violent. Oppressors coming in, arresting unjustly, murdering their own people unjustly. That was 2,000 years ago during the time of Jesus Christ. And everybody was worried, what is tomorrow gonna bring? What's gonna happen tomorrow? And Jesus says, listen, your expectations of tomorrow can be very high. We're gonna go in and destroy Rome. Your expectations can be very low. We're gonna be oppressed and enslaved forever. Or you can live in this moment right now with an open hand and choose to enjoy what you have right here and right now. So Jesus goes on to say, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live rightly, present tense, live rightly, live well, do your best right now. Don't be consumed with the wounds of the past. It's gone, there's nothing you can do to change that. Don't be consumed with the worries of the future. It's not even here yet, so why bother? Right now, live rightly, right now, do your best right now, right now, soak in the people around you. Soak in relationships, soak in your family, soak in your friends and enjoy right now. And who knows, just maybe we lower our high expectations, not clinging on to, to high hopes because hopes deferred makes the heart sick, Proverbs 13. But if we live life right here, what comes, comes. But as life comes to me, I'm gonna do my best and I'm gonna get better and I'm gonna enjoy the right here and the right now. If this holiday season, we can do our best in every moment and enjoy every moment, I guarantee this holiday season is gonna be among the best you've had. Not because family's all well behaved, not because high expectations are met, but because you made a change to do your best and enjoy the now. Proverbs 13, 12 is two parts. I just wanna close with the second part. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Just maybe, if we do our best, and if we enjoy the now, there could be an incredible dream fulfilled in your life. And I don't know that, what that would be for you and your family. I've got a vision of what I'd like to see in my extended family. Maybe one day, if I do my part, do my best, enjoy the now, I might be able to contribute just a little bit and a little part to a dream that could come in my own family. I don't know, I'm holding it like this. But that second half of Proverbs 13, 12 is pretty cool. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, so we're not gonna ha have high hopes anymore, but maybe at some point a dream could be fulfilled and a tree of life will emerge in your life and in your family life. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the book of Proverbs and thank you for the teaching of Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount that gives very practical help really in all of life and all of relationships, but particularly in this holiday season as we see people we don't always see and as all of the, the hurts of the past have some impact uh, on uh, our holiday season and as anxieties of the future 
have an impact on our hearts. God, I pray that we would hold every moment as a treasure and commit to do our best and just be better. Commit to treat people well, commit to forgive, uh, commit to set healthy boundaries when needed, but to give second chances where needed. To love other people as we are loved, uh, to forgive other people as we are forgiven, and to do everything we can to make sure these, uh, that this holiday season is the best it could possibly be by your love and grace through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.